Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Art France and Andre Salveson here. October 1st, we are in the month of October, which means we are three weeks away from college football season in Logan, Utah to begin. hey at Boise State is when this is where the season will kick off for the Aggies to face the Broncos. Uh, a lot of deets were given in that. We're going to recap those details. We're going to go deep diaper. Deep diaper. We're going to go deep diaper on this. As you talked earlier last hour, we're going to get a pant load. And now in this hour, you say we're going deep diaper. I love the imagery there, AJ. What we have to dig through in these announcements today. Pant load and deep diaper. You know, when you screw up next time on the mic, I'm going to grill you. <laughs> you should. As you should. Uh, so, so Utah State opens the season at Boise State on October 24th. <laughs> they have a home game the following week, currently scheduled. What are you doing over there? You feel like that will over. Uh, Halloween Day uh, against San Diego State in Logan. They traveled to Nevada November 7th. At home against Fresno State, November fourteenth, they travel uh, to uh, Wyoming. Excuse me. Yes, they travel to Wyoming on November twenty-first. Host New Mexico on the twenty-eighth. Host Air Force on December fifth, and then travel and end their season on December twelfth at Colorado State. Uh, Utah State, in their release, said that ticket information will be released soon. They do say in their release. A limited number of fans will be allowed inside. But we don't know what that number is, how they'll be spaced. Uh, again, we know the, the the general dates of these games, but in the Mountain West release, they made it clear that CBS and Fox Sports may have the option and the opportunity to move some of these games to Friday nights or even Thursday nights. So we know generally when these games are going to be taking place, in which weeks Utah State will have which opponents, but the exact day could be tweaked a little bit, and we don't know anything about kick times. Now that the schedule is set, Fox and CBS will have first dibs on the broadcast opportunities, and then after that it goes to the secondary uh, TV partners for them to decide what they'd like to do for broadcast uh, kick times. So still some working out here about exactly when these games are going to take place, but we know week to week who Utah State will face. And speaking of Utah State, they're in the middle of practices. They have their scrimmage tomorrow. will be about 100-plus plays. Uh, we hope to hear from a uh, member of the defensive staff uh, on our show here later on in just a few minutes or whenever it is. To, we don't know who it's going to be, and we'll have just a very quick few minutes with them as they have uh, film to watch and uh, business to take care of for their football squad. Again, they get ready for October 24th. At Boy- That's a way to get your season started. If you want to get a measuring stick out, just head over to Boise State and go play the Broncos, the defending champs. Well, that's a tough way to get it open. Yeah, I mean, it you is. travel to Boise, then you host San Diego. I mean, two of the top teams in the conference – Get you started. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be tough. And again, uh, the Mount West Conference Championship will not be decided by divisions. It will be decided by the highest winning percentage of two teams. Now, Of conference games. Of conference games. As BJ uh, Reigns of the Idaho Press tweeted out, and again, credit to him for tweeting this, Mountain West says if teams are tied in the loss column, 
but didn't play the same number of games, say Colorado State 7-1 and one, and Boise State is 6-1, the head-to-head result is taking over winning percentage. So if Boise State beats CSU, they'd be in. So even if Colorado State 7-1 and, and Boise State 6-1, if Boise State beats Colorado State, they're in. That's, that's how we figure it out from there. It's pretty clear, cut, and dry. Well, yeah, it, what's... Uh, and what's important to reiterate here is it's based on the winning percentage of conference games, games. because some of these teams actually will play some non-conference yep. opponents. Boise State will play BYU on November 7th. Uh, and Air Force is going to play Army. Army and Navy, on, right? Well, they play Navy this weekend. Okay. Um, but then they will play at Army on November 7th. So both... Uh, Boise State and Air Force have non-conference games on November 7th. San Diego State on December 12th has a TBA next to their opponent. Um, and so they're obviously trying to work out a deal with a non-Mountain West school on uh, December 12th. The only other school it could possibly be is BYU. Yeah, I, that's what I would imagine, too. I know that there's rumors that Utah State could get BYU on the schedule. I just don't see where it fits. I honestly don't see how it would fit either, uh, based on the fact that they have eight conference games. And if I'm Utah State, don't you just want those eight conference games, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the BYU game is a big rivalry game. It's, but, a, I mean, it's a recruiting game. It's big for the, the state. Way it is, yeah. But... Um, I don't know. I don't know what all went into how Boise State was able to fight for a non-conference game against Boise and Utah State wasn't. I don't know the terms of how that was allowed or made possible. I think it benefits uh, Boise State in their national profile more than it would benefit Utah State in any kind of a national profile. Uh, Frankly, I think it helps BYU in a national profile as well as that really is their only challenging opponent on their schedule. Uh, they've got a bunch of powder puffs, but let's go gaga for how good that BYU team is. Um, so the, the schedule is released. Um, we know who Utah State is going to play now. This coaching staff can can start preparing uh, for who they're going to face, what it's going to look like. And really, it looks like what the non-conference slate of teams was going to be before the season got blown up, but now it's official. Now we know who they're going to play on what weekends. I, when I look at this schedule, uh, a couple things come out of it. I, I first want to ask, oh, where did it go? Uh, who do you think has the uh, tougher schedule out of the conference? Like, Let's look at Utah State again. At Boise, home against San Diego State, at Nevada, Fresno at home, at Wyoming, uh, home against New Mexico, and Air Force, and then at Colorado State. Looking at the rest of the schedules, uh, man, that's that's pretty tough. Honestly, I think that might be the toughest schedule. If Boise State were playing at Utah State, I'd say Boise State has, has the toughest schedule. But because of that lone game, I'd say Utah State has the toughest schedule in the conference. Uh, looking everywhere else, and I just, especially with. I mean, back-to-back games, as you mentioned, of Boise State and the Aztecs. Uh, by the way, if you want to participate in our show, you can text in at 435 339 
uh, call in at 435-752-1069. What are your thoughts on the schedule? What are your thoughts on uh, October 24th start? And another question with that, Eric, uh, as Commissioner Thompson mentioned the previous week, you know, there's he's kind of planning on not finishing or at least not having all eight games completed for all 12 teams. Uh, Hawaii had to stop football activities because they had some positive tests. Uh, San Jose State is practicing 300 miles away from their home stadium. Like that's, it's just it's it's a mess in a lot of ways. And he has so the question is is how many teams actually finish all eight games this season? Ooh, uh, <laughs> I put the over under on uh, how many teams. Does, does any team in the Mountain West play a full season? Okay, yeah, so how to – no, let's do this. Because in honor of our pick six coming up here later in the show, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Is there 11 teams? 12. 12. Teams? It's 12. With Hawaii, they're 12. Okay, so with 12 teams, over, under – give me a set of line of how many teams will finish the season, over, under. Set well, the line finish first. with a full season. Yeah, finish with the all full – like all their games on their schedule that they'll finish. We need to set the line first. You would set it at what? If it's 12. Right now, I'm thinking four and a half. And I'm taking over. Wait, you're setting the line that low? Yep. You really are? Are yep. you Okay, are you taking over or under? I think it's, I'm, I'd probably take the under. What? <laughs> Man, that's bleak. Okay, so, I was not going to say that their season's going to be no, canceled, no, no, but no, I think no, they're no. going to have some interruption. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, and if they have some interruption, they can't make up that game, as Craig Thompson said. Because look at the no season of when these up. games are going to take place. As it's getting colder, as people are inside more, as typically these, you know, the common cold spreads more frequently. That's when these games are going to be played. Four and a half. <laughs> I'm saying over. Okay, so give me. I hope it's more than that. So predict what teams will finish their season then. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Because I think it'll be different for. Uh, there may be some communities that are more strict about, uh, you know, keeping things shut down and how how many students are on a campus, which might actually help a football team. If some schools are more lax, uh, that may hurt if, if things are more open. So, I don't know. I hope I'm way off. And I hope it's more like 10 or 11. But I'm a little pessimistic right now. Because every week we've got multiple games that get suspended or, or canceled in college football. Now we're seeing it in the NFL. It's uh, not gonna. It will not be any different in the Mountain West. I'm telling you right now. Two one nine seven text in. How is the Mountain West conference games this year, with Boise only playing seven conference games and Air Force only six, and they only play one Western Division game? Seems pretty unfair. Here's the kicker, though: there is no divisions this year. Doesn't it is, matter. It is top to bottom, all one league, all one whole league. So it won't matter at all in regards to divisions. Um, yeah, and it'll all just be based on your winning percentage. Yep. If you go to the title game, it's all based on winning percentage in conference games only. Only, yeah. So your so, Navy game, Air, uh, Army game, BYU game, those don't count. Correct. 
That's why I'd rather keep this conference schedule that we have for the Aggies. Don't need to go play BYU. Let's just keep the eight conference games. Play the games that matter. Yep. Play the games that matter. Get them in. Air Force only has to play three conference games. That seems pretty unfair. No, they got more than three. Air Force? They got six, don't they? Six plus the two. Air Force plays at San Jose. Air Force plays. So that's one in the West Conference. That's, they play Boise, then they play Air Force or Army. They play Wyoming. That's in their division. Uh, they play New Mexico. That's in their division. Oh, they only play, they play three. Colorado State. That's in their division. They play three road games. Utah. Oh, road games. Okay, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to make sense here. Road games. Uh, they're so they're at San Jose. Um, I guess we'll look just at conference games. They're at Wyoming. That's one. No, that's two. They're that's at San two. Jose. Three. They're at Wyoming. That's four. No, 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 I'm repeating. Sorry, I'm repeating. So they're at San Jose, and they're at Wyoming. So that's two. Um, let me keep going here. They host. Where did it go? They host Colorado. Uh, no, they host Boise State. They host New Mexico. They host Colorado State. Yeah, that would be put them at three road games then. So far. Uh, they play at Utah State. So that's three road that's games, three. and then they finish. Um, they don't. They don't play on the twelfth. So yeah, only three home games. To me, road games. Sorry, only three road games. For Good Air catch, two one nine seven. Good catch. Uh, yeah, that's. That's pretty tough uh, for other teams, at least, that Air Force is. But, again, like, I'm not – I'm glad we got Air Force at home. I'm glad that's one of the road games they have to play because I'm not thrilled – I would not be thrilled at all about having to go to Colorado State, Wyoming, and Air Force, and Boise in one year. The other thing with Air Force, they had, like, 30 players. Opt out. Opt out. Yep. Of football activities for this fall semester. So – whether are they going to be able to get them back now that it's going? I don't know how easy that is at the Air Force Academy. I can't imagine it's very easy. They have those kids scheduled from sun up to sundown and before and even after. So uh, I don't know if you can pivot mid semester like that or whatever the system they use there. So uh, that's going to be hard for them to do. But again, I think the biggest question is, and I think everybody's asking and everybody's anticipating, is how long can they play without an interruption? That's kind of where everyone's mind's at right now, is is how long can they make it through? Especially New Mexico, San Jose, Fresno. Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii is a big question mark. I mean, is a Even major. Even San Diego State. Because again, and, and Eric, just some of these teams, uh, Fresno started picking up a football ball like, a football like two weeks ago. Hawaii had to just stop their football activities. And will resume, I believe, next week uh, because of some positive tests. San Diego State had to shut down their campus for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and New Mexico players not, couldn't get in the weight room. New Mexico was not out, entirely out of the woods yet either, and so uh, some of these teams are still battling that situation. And uh, if a team like Fresno, uh, like Hawaii, or New Mexico, it just they are going to be at a severe disadvantage come game day on October twenty fourth. 
Yeah, I, I wonder if there's any of these teams that might, in the first week, say, we're just not ready. We're not physically ready to, to compete. But yeah, because Navy wasn't. They still went out there, even though they embarrassed themselves. They still went out there and tried to make a game of it. Here's the thing: is did they embarrass themselves? I mean, did you watch the game? Okay, well, yeah, but Eric, again, they didn't have. It's not like they embarrassed themselves. They went out there and played a team that's been practicing, had been in like mid-season form because of their practices. Navy and Coach. Uh, Nama Tarlata, whatever his name is, was just trying to take care of his kids, was just trying to do it the right way, was trying to be safe. Uh, went into a Division One opponent, uh, or we played against a Division One opponent who's been, like I said, in midseason form, and got crushed. Like, it's, it's just going to happen. So what does Navy do the following week? They come back from a big deficit, and they win a ball game. Because they started preparing for football. They, they, yes. they dropped the California suggestions about Practicing in your mind and using <laughs> tackling the guy in the air that doesn't even exist. Imaginary <laughs> people. <laughs> they actually started to do real football drills. But some of these schools, they're gonna struggle to be physically ready. And that's just a that's just a fact of twenty twenty. Hey, speaking of twenty twenty, Jeff Goodman uh tweets out Memphis laid off four from its sports information department in the past week, including former men's basketball SID Lamar Chance. And today, the current men's basketball SID Phil Stuckenberg resigned. Really sucks. Their whole entire information department doesn't even exist right now. Well, that's on top of South Florida. Announcement earlier today, they laid off about 30 people on their staff. And they had several other people take significant pay cuts. Uh, this is Brett McMurphy saying the the 30 positions were eliminated. Salary reductions and furloughs for all salaried athletic department staff members, including 15% pay cuts for the athletic director, football coach Jeff Scott, and hoops coach Brian Gregory. So it's still affecting a lot of teams in a lot of places. Hey, we're going to mid uh, interrupt our programming right now as we have uh, co-defensive coordinator Coach Frank Males on the phone with us. Uh, we have just a few quick minutes as he is getting his uh, – his defensive side of the ball ready for a scrimmage tomorrow. Coach, thanks for taking the time. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. I guess, Coach, for you, what's this week been like since you guys got the green light? You can start practicing again. I know you've been doing some drills with the guys, but now you can go full steam. Yeah, it's been pretty good, man. It's been a long time coming. And, uh, you know, I, I think the kids have done a great job when they weren't here, uh, just staying in shape and trying to keep their head in the books as far as the playbook goes. So, uh, just putting the pads on, there's a lot of juice, there's a lot of excitement about what we're doing and where we're headed, and so the kids are excited, and so are we as coaches. When we talked to Gary Anderson last week, when this announcement came through, he said one of the the, the biggest questions on his mind was what that defensive line was going to look like for you guys. I know that's a, an area that's that you take a lot of pride in. How is that developing so far? Uh, it's been coming along. It's, it's still a work in progress, but I feel like we're talented enough to get the job done. Uh, I just gotta, I gotta, gotta get their minds and and their bodies ready to go as far as the fundamentals of what I'm asking them to do. But uh, I'm excited about them. We have the talent. I just got to get them ready to go. Uh, he said that he's got some. Uh, he it, there could be some bright spots in the linebacker core, but there's still some tweaks that are going on. There's some changes of positions. How does that linebacker group look like right now for USU? They're coming along. It's very similar to the D-line, where we have some talent there. It's really about finding the right guys to place them in the right positions and 
uh, set them up for success. And so uh, there's a number of uh, guys there. The scrimmage is big for them uh, just to see what they really can do in live situations when the bullets are flying. So uh, we're excited to see what they can do. And I think it'll clean it up tomorrow after the scrimmage as far as uh, who's further ahead, who's ready to go, and uh, building depth off of that. Yeah, you guys were robbed of an opportunity in the spring to have a lot of these evaluation periods and scrimmages. You haven't had those scrimmages here in the fall either. How just how nice is it to have a scrimmage where you can evaluate these guys as they go head to head? So it's huge for us. It's huge, man. As, as you already know, man, it's it's one thing to talk about stuff, walk through stuff, and uh, and watch film, but you can only do that so much. I think the learning comes in actually doing things at a at maximum effort at full speed with contact, and so. Uh, it's going to be a great learning experience, especially for these young guys and the new guys that are here that are transfers in uh, of how we play ball and the expectations here. So it's huge for everybody to to be able to see where they actually sit. Hey, Coach, uh, the Mount West Conference schedule came out today. Boise State sits atop your schedule on October 24th. When do you start prepping for them, and what is what is the excitement like to get ready for the defending champs? <laughs> we're we're excited. We're excited, man. We already know that you know the road to the championship goes through this team right here. Uh, and then their track record speaks for itself. So for us, we're probably going to start on Boise. We, we've already started game planning those guys when, uh, when we're in the summer. Uh, so we are, we have somewhat of a game plan already. It's really about fine, fine, uh, combing through it and making sure it's clean, uh, and probably, probably introducing it a little bit more, uh, to our guys next week. Uh, but we've already have a preliminary game plan for what we think they're going to do and, and what they've been known to do in the past. So. Coach, when uh, you, just to go continue down the line here, we talked about the defensive line and the linebackers. There looks to be a lot of experience and talent in that secondary for Utah State. There really seems to be one of the strengths of the defense. What are you seeing from them so far, and how are they going to be playing a really important role in how that defense overall develops for you? Most definitely. So that, that's probably what we feel like our strong, uh, the, the core of our defense is really the secondary right now. And so for us, we almost got to tailor things to, so what's their strengths uh, and be able to match that up with the front seven. So we're excited about those guys. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of speed back there. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of experience coming back. And so we're excited about the secondary. And so we just got to catch up the front seven to, to their pace and so we can play elite defense. Are there specific things you're looking for in the, in the scrimmage tomorrow when that runs through, like how guys are, 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 are competing or, or playing their positions or – uh, whether this guy is going to fit that specific role. I know that kind of throws a lot into one kind of a bucket there, but what are some of the specific things you're looking for in this in the scrimmage tomorrow from some of the guys that you have questions about? It's just really how they adapt to full-speed play. You know, we haven't really we – ha- we got a little – a couple of live reps uh, for the first time this year in 2020, uh, yesterday, and so it's really about how fast can they process things on the move uh, versus a very fast offense. Uh, there's a lot of great players on that side of the ball, so it's really how do they adjust to that when they get tired? Where does their thought process go? Uh, how tough are they mentally? Uh, as well as where's their physical? Uh, where are we physically in shape? You know, so I think it's going to test a lot of things physically and mentally for us, uh, and be able to tell us, you know, who's ready, right? And who's there? Who's there a year away? And who can we depend on? And for us, because of COVID, it's really about building depth. Uh, you know, just in case things happen, which probably will. It's been happening all through the. NFL and, and college so far, so it's really that's that's the tricky part about this year is creating depth at all positions and just making sure we have a plan uh, and prepping guys that we might not feel are ready uh, probably have to play this year. So, hey, coach, one last quick question before we let you go because yep. we know you got to run. Um, this you've been seeing and game planning against 
your own offense and seeing them. What what are you seeing from Utah State offensively so far? You know what I love what, what I see from them, man. They're, they're very you know who they remind me of is, is very similar to Boise. There's a, there's a lot of uh, formations that that we don't see often from a lot of teams, but they they've given us pretty much any formation that we'll probably see this season from all the offenses that we'll see. So it's been great preparation for us. It's forced our kids to really think fast make adjustments, um, and so I don't think we're going to see anything out of the ordinary from what our offense hasn't already shown us. And so they've done a great job uh, try, trying to match up their formations and, and figure out if we're in man or in zone, and, uh, you know, they've done a great job running the football. I think with our with all our returning old linemen coming back, uh, that there's, they've been very physical up front, so it's been really good for the D-line to see and feel that, and so very excited about the speed in the backfield, uh, the skills, positions uh a lot of a lot of great speed on the perimeter uh and then quarterback you know the quarterback position we got uh a couple dual threat quarterbacks so i think that's going to cause a lot of problems for defenses this year hey coach thanks for your time greatly appreciate you it's great to talk football we look forward to hearing from where you're from and uh ready to see you on the field on october 24th likewise thanks for having me Hi, god boy. bless thanks coach thank you coach frank miley co-defensive coordinator for utah state he shares duties with stacy collins uh, and uh, Frank Miley's been with this team for a long time. Yeah, he's been, and he's been on both sides of the ball too. Yes, he has. <laughs> so he's seen both sides, and uh, it's good to see him on the. It's just the energy, and you can tell like the knowledge and the the, the tone in his voice. Like the defensive side of the ball really gets his juices running. Uh, you should be excited what we're going to see out of this squad. Uh, unfortunately, the scrimmage tomorrow is closed to yep. the public and to the media. Uh, so it'd be hard for us to really know how things are developing, but uh, it. They're Gary Anderson last Friday and Frank Miley now both reiterating there seems to be the, the biggest challenge on defense is developing the skill and the depth on the defensive front, on that defensive line. A uh, little bit of a similar story, but not quite so much in linebacker, but a lot of depth in the USU secondary. So what could be interesting to see is how they use that as an advantage. Um, and uh, whether that's on you know, coverage sacks, opportunities, uh, corner blitzes, safety blitzes, where do they bring pressures, uh, how do they try to confuse passing quarterbacks. So that could be a real asset for USU, but they've got to have some kind of a push to get after the opposing quarterbacks and stop run gaps. So that's a big question for this Utah State football team this year, uh, and that will be my continuing question throughout the rest of this quote-unquote fall camp which we are really in fall, so I guess it's okay to call it fall camp. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. The defensive backfield, I'm not worried about you. Andre Grayson Jr., Shaq Bond, Troy LaFesh Jr. is going to play the hybrid linebacker spot to a degree. Uh, he's very physical, very athletic. He's very active. Uh, but I, I'm with you. The linebacking core, you lose David Woodward, which is huge. Tipa Nolly is a really big loss as well. Uh, I know he's not being talked. I feel like he's not being talked about enough for everything he does. And uh, it's, you know, Kevin Metzenheimer in the in the linebacker field should be, I think, will help out. But well, uh, and it looks like Henninger's moving off the defensive yeah, line in more of a linebacker position. Yeah, and that's where he's comfortable too. I think he said that in a press conference last yep. week. He felt really comfortable there. And uh, if anybody knows how to use that kid, it's Gary Anderson. Why? Because he coached a kid at Utah, and so uh, that that will be exciting to see. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. Let's come back. Uh, we'll get to more Mountain West Conference football news. If you guys got any questions about the Mountain West Conference football, Utah State football, the schedule in itself. You can text in at 435-339-0321 or call in at 435-752-1069. And, of course, our pick six is coming up later on.
Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> it's I cannot, your fault. I cannot claim any responsibility <laughs> for you uh, and your obsession over deep diapers. <laughs> Uh, and pant loads. Uh, Eric France and Andre Salveson, 1069 The Fan. We always get slap happy in here on a Thursday, which means tomorrow is Friday, which means, hey, if you haven't got your preps, pick them. Well, the preps pick them contest presented by the Logo Shop. Get your picks in to win $100 to get your car wash. Yeah, $100 to Aquatech. Oh, man. Car wash, Amen. you know, season's changing, leaves are falling. Uh, you got smoke in the air, dust blowing around. Uh, yeah, it's a good time to get your car clean. And then, gosh, you know, if you don't use it all up, when we get into wintertime, they're starting to put salt on, on the roads. Get, keep your car clean so you don't get uh, corrosion and all that stuff. So go to our website, 1069thefan.com. You'll see the link there. It's hard to miss for the Preps Pick'em Contest. If you haven't participated yet at all, Totally fine. Oh, yeah. It's a different winner week yep. to week. It's a every different week. contest every week. Depends how you do. Yeah. That's so go in do. and look who's playing whom. You can if you're not even sure what to pick, it'll even show you where people are are, are going. Yeah. How people are, are picking which teams they think are gonna win. So you can either go with the, flow, the trend or you can vote against them and say these guys don't know what they're talking about, which sometimes is the case. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of the day, um late Friday night early Saturday morning when we finally get all the scores verified and in, we'll have it posted and we will uh, we'll make sure we, we declare who the winner is. So uh, go check it out. Preps Pick'em Contest. Go to our website, 1069thefan.com. Uh, get registered if you haven't yet already. Make your picks. And uh, make sure you do that before 6 o'clock tomorrow night. That's when it closes. So make sure you get that in and uh, you could be the winner of $100 to Aquatech uh, Car Wash. And at the end of this contest, we're going to give away a 65-inch flat-screen 4K TV Hey-o. from Lens Audio and Video. So big props to the Logo Shop for making this all happen. They've been a great partner through this contest. Oh, they're awesome. Uh, Booster Club headquarters for high school, competitive teams, club teams. Uh, so a lot of great stuff there at the Logo Shop, and uh, they've been great partners for this. So go check it out, 1069thefan.com. Click on the link and uh, make your picks. Uh, really quick, we want to go over the Region 11 schedule tomorrow. Bear River is at Mountain Crest. Clint Payne will be calling the Bear River side. It'll be myself and Matty Ice. Matt Adams will be calling it with me. Matty Ice? Call Matty Ice. Matty Ice. Shields. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll be on 107.7, and uh, Clint will be on 104.9 The Ranch. Uh, Skyview will be hosting. Yeah, we'll be hosting Logan, so you'll hear that game on this station, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan, and then on 610 AM, KVNU, 102.1 FM. Yep. John Newbold, Rex Davis, Green Canyon will host Ridgeline. No, yeah, yes. Ridgeline. They will host yeah. Ridgeline. So that will be uh, the great Craig Hislop and Johnny U. Johnny Russell will be on the call for that game. That's on 100.7 FM? 100.9. 100.9 FM. And then uh, what's 104.5. Uh, so again, Preps Pick'em Contest presented by the Logo Shop. Get in, get on it, and uh, be a part of the contest. Uh, and for the Skyview game, uh, listen to the, to the call if you're a Skyview fan or if you're a Green Canyon fan. Bread and butter, or not Green Canyon, Logan not Green fan. Canyon. Uh, Logan fan, and uh, the bread and butter will be given out at the end of the game, 
in the post game uh, on Friday or Monday, five fifteen, we'll have uh, the uh, we'll ask for the call of that bread and butter play, and then you have a chance to win four loaves, four delicious loaves from old Gr- old grist mill. I'm having a really really rough day speaking English. <laughs> it's a, just a Thursday, AJ. Huh, it's, it's just a Thursday. Three solo shows will do that to you. Oh, uh, that's true. I didn't really help you. Um, so <laughs> hey, great. Uh, a conversation that we had with Frank yeah, Miley. Yeah, thanks to Coach and Doug Hoffman too. Putting that yeah, together. really appreciate uh, the athletic department for making that happen. Uh, they said, "Look, practices get over. We don't know exactly when. Sometimes they go long. Sometimes they go short. We don't know exactly how much time we'll have with these guys, but we appreciate them for helping us uh, set that up. Um, he, we didn't get a chance to get specific in personnel, but uh, you you can tell th- these are guys that are. They're excited to have practices. They're excited to do what they get paid to do. And they've been sitting around for a month, of not sure. They just they haven't really known. What can we do? And our hands are tied with what we normally do this time of year. So uh, they're, they're loving the opportunity to draw up plays, watch these young men get on the field and hit each other, and then evaluate You know who's coming with the best juice, as he continues to use that term. Who's got the best energy? Who's understanding the playbook? Who's watching the film? Who's doing what the coaches ask? So, uh, unfortunately, we can't see what happens tomorrow. I wish we could. It would give me a better sense of when you ask me, how's Utah State going to do in this schedule? I would give you a better answer. Uh, I have to wait a little bit longer before I can give it. But it's exciting to see that it's happening. Uh, Now we just cross our fingers, knock on wood, whatever it is you do that gives you good luck, that the, this Utah State football team is able to play all their games. Yeah, again, it's just good to have football season back, and it's good to know what the schedule looks like. I know people are asking, well, what time are the games? What day are the games? Mount West Conference announced, and Eric, you already brought this up, Thursday and Fridays are very surreal possibilities for the Mount West Conference to use those games on those nights as well. So a Thursday or a Friday, uh, depending on uh, you know what the schedule looks like and who's got what time slots, this uh, this schedule could be all over the place in regards of when and what time. Right, there could be some movement in this. Uh, Nine three one five texts in says, "I think this will be the year that we can beat Boise at Boise. We're the first on the schedule." I appreciate I love the, the optimism. optimism. Uh, you know, maybe Utah State sneaks up on them and uh, surprises them with some different things. Uh, Jason Shelley's a different. If there's a time to beat. A good team, it's usually before anybody knows who you really are. As yeah, a team. and Jason Shelley's a good quarterback. Like, and he's a different quarterback, right? He's a guy who, like, Jordan Love was almost a step back, let it fly 55 yards down the field, and, and your guy's at the other end in poetry, rhythm, motion. Here, Jason Shelley's a guy who is he's mobile, who can get downfield, he can use his legs. Maybe the offense runs differently like that. Bodie Reeder is a new offensive coordinator that they haven't seen before. Uh, so there'll be new a running back they haven't seen before. Yeah, so there'll be some new tweaks with uh, DHC now in the mix with Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren's a great back who's also a good pa- pass catching back. Uh, Carson Terrell's going to see heavy, heavy reps in games now. Uh, Taylor Compton, who, uh, who else? Jordan Nathan, Tompkins. You're going to see some new guys. Scarver. Scarver. And, oh As Coach Miley said when he was evaluating Utah State's offense, is that they've got some speed on the perimeter. Yeah. You know, these, these This Utah State offense has some burners. I think that the big thing that I'm curious about offensively for USU, do they have that possession receiver? Do they have that guy they can throw to the corner of the uh, the the end zone and know that he'll go get a jump ball? Um, who, who can they throw to on the sideline 
that can post up against the cornerback or safety and bring it in? Who is that guy? I think that's that's a bigger question for me offensively for USU. But um, I, I think that this team will have some some guys that can move around quickly defensively. Um, but what happens at the line of scrimmage has me concerned. Hey, I'm going to step just aside of this. Uh, Brett Brigham, who is a beat writer for Air Force, tweets out, Mountain West has some confusing language in its tie-breaking rules. Big thing as it relates to Air Force, a team is not eligible for the Mountain West title game unless it plays six games. So if Air Force loses a game to uh, COVID, it's out. Unless two or more league games are wiped out, then minimum drops to five. So, and as we heard Commissioner Thompson say, plan on some teams not finishing out their uh, eight-game schedules. Just plan yep, on that. They're planning on that. And boy, if, a, if if Air Force loses it out due to COVID, that's that's a tough way to go out. But that's the way you scheduled. You wanted Army. You wanted Navy. That's just how it's gonna be. That's your call. Yep. Hey, what's your biggest- and you know what Air Force? Why are you whining about anything? Are you only as as was pointed out by a previous texter. This is a team that only has three home or three road games. Yeah, two and nine seven pointed that out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So I, I get it that you're under some different circumstances than most, but you know what? Air Force is uh, <laughs> you, you've got problems. So does Fresno. So does Hawaii. So does New Mexico. So does uh, San Jose. So does San Diego. Get in line, Air Force. <laughs> The world does not revolve around Coach Howdy Doody. Get used to it. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, Eric, I wanted to ask you, uh, and you might have answered this already, and if I missed it, I'm really sorry. What's your biggest concern on the offensive side of the ball? I mean, we have a lot of experience on the defensive side, but the offense is a little bit shaky. Where's your concern lie at? For USU? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think there's question at the quarterback position now. Uh, Shelley did some things with Utah against some really good Pac-12 teams. That's encouraging, but how does he fit into this system? It's a new offensive coordinator this year. How does it all come together? Uh, as I said, I've got some questions, not about the whole wide receiver core, but a specific key roles, uh, wide receiver position. How does that? How will that work? Uh, I think there's some good experience coming back on the offensive line. That's encouraging. But, you know, what... What does that dynamic look like? Gary Anderson made it very clear he did not like the quick pace offense. Yeah. Because he's a defensive-minded guy. He wants his defense to have a breather. He doesn't want quick three and outs. So what does that look like this year? Do they have the run ability, running ability, and possession ability to methodically move downfield? So that is the biggest question. It's because we, we haven't seen Bodie Reader in the spring. I don't know what he's trying to implement and try to do. We don't know what some of those receivers are going to do. We don't know what the running back situation is fully going to look like and how mobile the quarterback's going to be. So those are some of my biggest questions offensively. For you? I'm at the receiver department. I mean, we've we've relied on some really good receivers in the past, right? Ron Cravey and Tarver, uh, Caleb Reps, C.O.C. Mariner, uh, Man, who was the other deep kid we had? Uh, Jalen Green, Jalen Green, right? Oh yeah, he was. Phenomenal. I mean, we had so many great receivers in the last two years, and not. I'm not bagging on on uh, Tompkins. I'm not bagging on Compton or Scarver, but uh, I'm interested to see how they step up and fulfill those roles. Those were some big key roles, and uh, they were very, very productive. And uh, that's just 
I'm with you. I mean, the receiver department scares me. For some reason, I feel comfortable with Jason Shelley, and I don't know why. I mean, I haven't seen him play a rep for Utah State, and I don't know why I'm not worried right now. I probably should be, but, I mean, especially with the new offensive coordinator, as you mentioned. Well, it's really it's a battle between him and Peasley. Yeah. That's what Gary said. Uh, it's not necessarily just handed over. He doesn't walk in here and just it's given to him. Mm. Uh, I really would have loved to see Cullen be still in the mix, but that's not a possibility. But I, I think that uh, uh, Shelley does present the opportunity to keep the, the play going. Uh, he has the ability to stretch a play out and to create and use his legs to buy some time for a receiver to get open or to scramble for a few needed yards. We know Peasley can do that. He's probably one of the fastest guys on the team. Oh, without a doubt. So, But the, the, the challenge for those guys is not to, to just look for the scramble, but to be patient to find the opening in the passing game too. It's got to be a balance. It has to be a balance. All right, let's take a break. Uh, coming back, we got to get to our pick six. And then, of course, we're going to give you some updates on uh, some baseball games, including in the NL Wild Card, where the uh, Cardinals have uh, struck first in their uh, battle with the Padres. Davies getting the start for San Diego, his first postseason start. And in the first inning, Yadier Molina delivers one down the line. Edmund will score. Dylan Carlson on his way to third. And the Cardinals jump on Davies with a very patient approach here in the first inning. How about that, Cardinals? And I told you, Eric, this team, they're full of veterans, Yadier Molina included. Eric, it's 4 nothing in the top of the second right now. Cardinals are owning the Padres, and the Cardinals are now one you game away that, from going into the uh, NLDS. You called watch out for uh, that, that St. Louis team. They always seem to pour it on when it matters in the postseason. Yeah, and they're doing it in the right way with uh, a lot of good veteran play. All right, pick six coming up next. Eric France and Andre Salveson on the fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salas here on the Full Court Press. Uh, more wild card baseball going on. Ace. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. During the break, we heard an ad for something that sounded delicious. Delicious. Oh, yeah. And it got me thinking, Ajay owes me for winning pick six and breaking his non-losing streak. And you have not paid up yet. My oh, friend. I haven't paid up yet. I wonder why. God, oh, jeez, I swear I remember doing three solo shows this <laughs> week. Hey, Damn, I forgot. I God. was here Monday, man, for a portion. Yeah, you, you I'm sure here were. Today, I've Absolutely. been in the building all day today. Yeah, you were here for a portion. I st- and and then I and then I put you as a questionable today. I wasn't sure <laughs> I if heard, you were going to freaking show up today. I heard you last night. I heard you. I listened. So yeah, there, I have. Three good reasons why you don't have a pick six <laughs> gift in your hand. And you know what? I was going to reward you highly. Now, nope, it, it's been dropped to about a Tootsie Roll out of the freaking candy think, jar that's I, about seven years old. I think because of what we were listening to during the break, you should give me what we, we heard about the uh, warm cookie with some ice cream on it. Yeah, great. So let me put that in my car. Let it melt all over the dang seat and then bring it over to you. And it's me all mushy. Uh, no, I didn't want any ice cream on it. Will you please go back and get me a new one? <laughs> Hey, real quick, before we, we have to do our own pick six for this yes, uh, this we coming do. week, but uh, the A's beat the White Sox. Ah. It's gone final. 
Way to go, Wade. You picked the White Sox, too. I did. I thought they'd upset. But here's why. Here's what's frustrating. I may, Well, there's not why. Here's what's frustrating. I should have seen this before. It maybe would have given me the clue. The White Sox were 4-28 and this season when they had runners in scoring position. Ah, yikes. They left 27 runners on base. You're not going to close out a lot of games. Can you consider how good the Sox team would be if they were able to bring those guys They're able home? To score. Yeah. So the A's advance. They'll play the Astros in the first ever postseason meeting in the ALDS. I am so excited for the A's. I really am. I'm thrilled for them right now. Absolutely excited. Uh, all right, Eric, let's get to our pick six. You all know the rule. Three lines from each of us. Yes, no's, over, unders. And then uh, at the end of the day, whoever comes away as the winner. And we have a tiebreaker that we need to set. Not you set with you picking my freaking answer. <laughs> oh. We need to set together. I, I can't set the, the tiebreaker no. when you're not around. Because if Georgia contribute. State beats Charlotte, I would have lost it on you if I would have uh, lost that Thankfully, that, that game got canceled. It didn't matter. Okay, right. here we go. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to start. Yep, okay? absolutely. TCU is scheduled to play at Texas okay. this weekend. Yeah. Texas is currently favored by 12. You take the over or the under? Oh, over. I'm going to take the under. Texas didn't play any defense against Tech. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech took them to the wire, so I'm going to take the under. I think Tech's a better team than TCU. TCU played good in their opening week. All right, uh, KJ Costello, passing yards versus Arkansas. Oh, I've got it at 495 and a half. <laughs> Do you take the over or the under? 495. I'm going to say Oh man, that's a tough line, dog. That's four ninety five and a tough I know, line. that's a lot of yards. It's not close to what he did last week, though. Against Arkansas? I'm gonna take what are you taking? Question is to you <laughs> first. That's I'm taking, how it works. I'm taking under. You're gonna go under? Yeah. I'm gonna go over. He would. He threw for over six hundred yards last I week. I know. I know. Okay. Uh Ridge Line at Green Canyon. Hmm. I think this is the game in region eleven this week. Um, Ridgeline by seven and a half. Do you take the over or the under? Over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one's a route. A route? Yeah. I'm going to take the over, but I think Green Canyon's maybe starting to figure a few things out. That that Logan, uh, that Skyview loss really, like, reset their mentality, and they are just revving right now. So I got them. Uh, all right, so Alabama is favored by 17.5 over Texas A&M, which is the largest favor, or I guess the largest odd difference ever since they've been playing each other. In the last six years, this, this game has been decided by no more than 17, or excuse me, than 16 points in all but one game. 17.5 over under. Are you taking that? Alabama by 17.5? Yep. 13th ranked Texas A&M, number two Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go over. I feel like this team's going to come out refocused, reset, and uh, and ready to go. Uh, for uh, Clemson's got Bronco Mendenhall's uh, Virginia Cavaliers, Trevor Lawrence, 375.5 passing yards, over, under. 375.5? Yep, versus Virginia. Ooh. Um... I'm going to take the under. Oh, I thought I was going to get you on that. I'm going to take the over. Oh, no, wait. I'm, I'm going under. No, I'm going under. I'm going under. Okay. Um, and then finally here, uh, your Cubs are down one game to nil versus the Marlins. 
Who wins? Marlins or Cubs in game two? Well, this is a straight pick. Yep. Tomorrow, by the way. Tomorrow Cubs afternoon. or Marlins, this is game two. Yep. I think you Darvis is pitching tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to take the Cubs. <laughs> I'm going to take the... Ooh, wait. I said under on Lawrence, right? Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Marlins. Okay. And quickly, what's our tiebreaker? Oh, yeah, we need tiebreaker. What do you want it to be? We got 20 seconds. Um, you won, so it's got to be you. Uh, LeBron James assists in game two. What's the line? Uh, eight and a half. Over. I'm going to take the under. Thanks for listening to the Full Court Press, Friday's edition of the show tomorrow, covering a lot of high school football.